Good morning. Today is Sunday, February 19, 2023. This week's Torah portion, the Parsha of Truma, is the beginning of the longest single subject in the entire Torah, the building of the Mishkan, the sanctuary that traveled with the Jewish people through the desert for 40 years, and then was the temple, the, the, the place of serving God and offering offerings and sacrifices for uh, over 400 years until finally the Beis HaMikdash. It was built in a formal, uh, permanent home, the Beis HaMikdash, the Holy Temple in Jerusalem, and the first Beis HaMikdash, the second Beis HaMikdash. So it all begins here, and it's the largest describing it and describing the building of it and setting it up and all the materials is the largest single subject in the Torah and because and it contains a multitude of fundamental lessons about Judaism and Jewish life far beyond the narrow subject of the construction itself. So I'd like to share with you this morning one such lesson. What I want to share with you is partially based on a lecture I heard from Rabbi J.J. Schachter. When we look at the entire structure, the courtyard, the building, the utensils, where everything was placed, how it was used, when and who used each item, when and who saw each item, when you look at the whole picture, clearly there is a hierarchy. Everything, the layout, the materials, everything leads to the Aron, the Ark. The Aron HaKodesh, the Ark, contained the Luchos, the two sets of stone, the two, the, the two stones on which were written the Aseris Adibros, the Ten Commandments. The Ramban actually says that the reason God commanded building the Mishkan and later the Beis Amigdash and later our synagogues, which we refer to as Mikdash Ma'at, a miniature version of the sanctuary of the Beis Amigdash, and you recognize all of that is a giant chunk of Jewish history and Jewish theology and Jewish practice. All of that is to take the moment of Matan Torah, when God revealed himself to the entire Jewish people at Mount Sinai and spoke the Aseris Adibros, the Ten Commandments, to take that moment, it was, that was a single moment in time, and to elongate it, to take that greatest revelation of God's presence and to take that essential covenant between God and the Jewish people enshrined in the Ten Commandments, to take that moment and elongate it, perpetuate it, so that revelation is happening constantly for all time. Everything concerning the Mishkan leads to the Ark, to the Aron, and focuses on the Aron and supports the centrality of the Aron, the Ark, 
as the goal and purpose of this whole thing, which helps us to elongate and continue God's revelation and our covenant with God. Fundamentally, we see this in our Torah portion. The Aron, the Ark, is the first object that is described, though it was not the first object that was built or the first object that was set in place, but it is the first object that is described because it is the central goal of everything else. Now, all of this highlights a deep problem in its construction. We read at the beginning of this week's Torah portion, Va'asu aron shitim. You should make an ark, which was basically a box to contain the two stones. It was basically a box. You should make this aron, this ark, shitim, out of cedar wood. The box was made out of wood. Amasayim v'chetzi arko, two and a half amos long. So that means approximately five feet long. Amo v'chetzi rochbo, one and a half amos, that's about three feet wide. Amavachetzi komaso, about three feet tall. So we're talking about basically a box. Five feet by three feet by three feet tall. Okay, it's a, that's a sizable box. Made out of wood. Vitsipisa oso zahav tahar mibayetz umichutz mitzabenu. And it is plated with gold on the inside and gold on the outside. In other words, actually there were three boxes that were made. There was a box made out of wood, and then a very thin box made out of gold that fit exactly inside, and a very thin box of gold that fit on the outside. So, in other words, it was wood plated with gold. Now, and the purpose of the box the Torah says, V'nasata el ha'aron eis ho'edus Inside this box, you're going to put the two stones that have the aseris edibros. On top of the box, there is a cover. V'asisa kapores. You should make a cover, a lid, for the top of the box. And that was made out of gold, and, and that was a, a lid from which v'asisa shnayim kruvim. There was the sculpture of these cherubs, these two angels that rose up from the lid, and that's what this whole thing looked like. Now remember, the whole Mishkan was portable. It was modular. It was meant to be taken apart and then travel and put it together, and for however long the Jews were encamped in a certain place, it stayed there. God said, time to go, because remember, they're traveling throughout the 40 years to get to Israel. So, it had to be able to be taken apart and then carried and then carried. So in order to carry the Aron, which is, again, this large, uh, uh, this large box, it's like larger than, I don't know, like a desk or a, or a very large trunk, something like that. So what they made is God commands to place a, a ring on the four corners and vasisa bade atze shitim, and they made poles of wood, long poles, two poles. So each pole would run through two holes, one pole on each side, so that four people could carry it on their shoulder. Right? You carry the 
the pole is on your shoulder, and the pole is connected is 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 connected to the rings, and the ring is is connected to the aron. So you're carrying the aron. That's how they move. That's how they carry. Let me ask you a question. The most important object. The purpose of the entire monumental project. We know they had plenty of gold. They had taken it from Egypt. We discussed this together a few weeks ago. <laughs> Why get cheap and make it gold-plated instead of solid gold? The Torah says, you make it out of wood. And then, it's gold-plated. You have a, a, a thin layer of gold on the inside and a thin layer of gold on the outside. Come on, come on. If it's the most important thing and you have plenty of gold, go the whole way. Make it pure gold. Why is it made out of wood? This is where you're going to save some money? Gold-plated in the Aron, the most important object of the whole thing? Save some money somewhere else. If it's the most important object, do it right. Solid gold. Come on, solid gold. One of the classic commentaries to the Torah, called Das Zikainim, asks this question and provides a fascinating answer. He writes, Ra'oi haya ha'aron liyaz zahav kulo. It would have been appropriate for the Aron, the Ark, to have been pure gold. It's the most important. It's the goal of the whole thing. That would have been appropriate. Why was it not? Why was it made out of wood with only gold plate? El lefisha yiyya But because this object, which if you're imagining it in your mind's eye, is quite large, and it's going to be really heavy, even though it's wood instead of solid gold, but remember, there's a top, a cover, a lid, and with the cherubs on top, and the stones, two stones. Remember, there are sizable stones inside. If it would have been made out of solid gold, it would have been too heavy for people to carry. It would have been too much effort for people to carry it. And therefore, God says... God says, compromise the magnificence of the most precious object in order to be sensitive to the human effort needed to carry it. Nebuch, those poor four people that are carrying it, how heavy could it be for them? We've got to lighten the load a little bit. And so, therefore, God figured out a way to make sure that this supreme goal, again, the goal of the whole project, was accessible and not too difficult to uphold. And this is a lesson for every one of us in every area of life. The first part of it is, obviously, service to God can never come at the expense of insensitivity to others. I've told this story before, 
there was a man who was known in his shul, in his synagogue, to come to chakras every morning, early every morning. He came for morning services, didn't miss, and he always came on time. Let me just point out, that's two separate characteristics. One is that he came every day, which is fantastic, and the other is that he came on time every day. That's also, separately, even more fantastic. We have such people at Adath. We could use a few more. Okay, but that's this man, every day, on time, like clockwork, and he was known. Everyone knew this was his habit. One day, he came late to Shachris. And since it was so unusual for him to come late, after the prayer service, after davening, people came up to him and said, what happened? Is everything okay? Because it was so unusual. And he said, I was on my way to shul this morning, on time like always, and there was a Jew. And the Jew was crying. The Jew was hungry. And so I stopped to give him food. And that's why I was late. The other people said, wow, what a beautiful mitzvah. What an opportunity, the privilege to help someone in need like that. Wow, that's just a beautiful story. And the man said, yes, yes. And the Jew who was hungry and who was crying was my baby son. And my wife was sleeping. So I let her sleep and I fed the baby. And that's why I came late. Coming to shul and coming to shul on time is very, very important. But not when someone else is in dire need of your help. Okay, that's the first layer that we learn from this. But more generally and more fundamentally, we all need to make sure that every person can access Torah, Judaism, Jewish life, connection with God, connection with the Jewish people, with as little difficulty as possible. Don't make it too heavy. Every one of us needs to remove or at least lower the barrier to full Jewish participation for every person without exception. Of course, within the bounds of Jewish law. Of course. But this includes accessibility of our building, being sensitive to different levels of ability, different levels of language, different levels of Jewish knowledge, different abilities, both physical and mental and emotional, and generally to ensure that every single person, without exception, is being made to feel welcome and valued and wanted. And this applies in every single prayer service that we have. 
in every single opportunity for Torah learning that we have, in all programming, every single aspect of what we do. And not just as, I'm, I'm the rabbi of a synagogue, not just as a synagogue, but in life, in every area of life, every area of Jewish life in particular. Everyone deserves to be fully included and to fully participate. Everyone deserves to lift the ark themselves. So we have to make sure in every meaning of the term, and this means architecture, and it means technology, and it means pedagogy, and even more importantly than that, it means attitude, attitude with sensitivity and with creativity, and it is a comprehensive worldview of everything we do. We have to make sure in every meaning of the term that it's not too heavy. A gold-plated ark is just fine if it allows more people to carry it. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.